Welcome back to Blazing Trails. I'm your host, Michael Revo from Salesforce Studios. And today's episode is part of our ongoing series, Wow But How, where we showcase how companies are uniting teams and creating wow moments for their customers. We're speaking with a cross-functional team leading the digital transformation at Royal Bank of Canada's Wealth Management Group. You know, they were facing a challenge that just about every company out there is facing, how to create seamless employee and customer experiences across many different teams and systems. In fact, advisors had to access 26 systems to pull together the client data they needed to prepare to pitch new clients. And although they were sitting on a wealth of data, they weren't able to use it to provide the connected, personalized experiences that employees and customers have come to expect. So today we'll hear how they changed all that. We'll hear from Greg Belzer. He's the head of technology at RBC Wealth Management, Rohit Gupta, director at RBC Wealth Management, and Amanda Dolan, head of advisor recruiting at RBC Wealth Management. All right, let's jump right into the conversation. Greg, I want to kick it off with you. Tell me about RBC a little bit, about your role and what you do there. Yes, my name is Greg Belzer. I'm the head of technology for RBC US Wealth, uh, headquartered in very sunny Minneapolis, Minnesota, uh, at least in, in July. Uh-huh. So US Wealth, for the folks who are not familiar, um, we're a, a division of Royal Bank of Canada. We are US-based, you know, have over 2,200 advisors split out to 42 states, currently around 540 billion AUA, and uh, like to have as much fun as possible through technology. Wonderful. Well, talking about having fun with technology, I know that you all have been involved in a big digital transformation over the past couple of years, like so many others. Maybe if you can just give me the high level of some of the big things that you're trying to solve. What are you trying to accomplish with this transformation? Yeah, well, well look, to set the stage, you know, I got here in uh, mid-2018, kind of put our digital transformation plan together. Salesforce was a huge part of that transformation. We did roll out in the fall of 2019 Financial Services Cloud, you know, to our entire field, along with uh, most of our corporate office. So we do view Salesforce as a platform for us, not just the advisor desktop that gets all the glory. Mm-hmm. We did finish that rollout in December, you know, because I definitely knew the pandemic was coming in 2020. So um, made sure that we accelerated that rollout. And since then, you know, as part of that journey and since you know, MuleSoft was a key integration layer for us. We spent a ton of time fixing the data before we did our transformation. Uh, and then we've rolled out Einstein, our, our CRMA analytics, uh, also across the field and is basically our primary analytics for our back office and uh, product teams. Great. Well, we're here with a couple of your partners in transformation. And uh, let me bring them into the conversation. Let, let me start with uh, Rohit. Rohit, can you tell me about your role, what you do at RBC. Yeah, sure, Michael. Uh, so I'm Rohit Gupta. I'm the director for WealthX under Greg's uh, kind of portfolio there working for Greg. Uh, my primary focus, I would say, is I lead uh, the Salesforce Center of Excellence here at RBC US Wealth. So kind of driving that strategy and vision uh, for how Salesforce gets used uh, at RBC US Wealth. So tell me a little bit more about what that looks like on a day-to-day basis. What kind of stuff are you doing? Yeah, look, I mean, uh, when we have about 2,100 plus advisors, right, there's always demand around how can we help them improve efficiencies, right? So from a day-to-day basis, we are constantly looking for feedback 
constantly looking at uh, you know areas or their pain points how salesforce and mulesoft capabilities can really help them focus their time and energy on managing client relationships so giving them tools at their fingertips that can really make a difference right can help them grow their business uh, bring more revenue for us uh, you know kind of various various areas so that's kind of my day to day activity just working through that feedback seeing how we can use uh, salesforce capabilities wonderful Rohit, I wanted to follow up on something that Greg had said, which is a big thing that we've been working on at Salesforce over the past years is integration. I mean, you talk about MuleSoft, you talk about integration, but where does the rubber really meet the road in your organization in terms of what that unlocks, what that looks like, all the different data sources? Can you just tell me a little bit about what integration means in your organization? Yeah, no, look, I mean, I joined Greg's team in early 2019, right? So when I joined RBC as well, uh, I saw that you know our advisors used to swivel chair across 25 plus applications. Yeah, that's really what like kind of and the amount of time they used to need to prep for a client meeting. Really, really, I mean, uh, we we thought with Salesforce and MuleSoft capabilities to kind of integrate and bring that data experience and create that single source of truth was really important, mm-hmm. right? So that is where kind of all those integration capabilities, giving them that information upfront and not just on desktop, right? To Greg's point, right? I mean, it's really more about also giving them anywhere. So when they are uh, on the road or they are with their clients, right? It's giving them on on, uh, mobile devices, on tablets, uh, the same data they could access previously just on desktop. So kind of that is really for us creating that integrated experience uh, one thing, and the second is being able to contextually launch right uh, into other applications when they really need to deep dive. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that that was kind of our strategy to create that integrated architecture or integrated desktop for our advisors and their teams. Got it. So Michael, hey, to jump in, yeah. you can obviously see that strategy kind of played out in in 2020 and, and 21 for um, sure. Yeah, you know, we had branches that were closed, right? So you know, initially in the pandemic, right, everything shut down no one going into the office. And if we wouldn't have had those mobile capabilities, yeah, they could get their desktop, but some people's desktops didn't necessarily work remote, you know, especially those first couple of weeks of the pandemic, you know, as we were ramping up. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, Salesforce mobile was their, was their lifeline yeah. into their book of business. Yeah. Tell me a little bit more about that development of those tools. I mean, something that we think a lot about are low code tools are the ability to do that with clicks and not code and be able to get you know, speed to market and move quickly. Was that something that you were able to take advantage of? Yeah, I mean, look, with, with Salesforce Mobile, we've launched that simultaneously. Like that wasn't a separate launch from the, the platform. Mm-hmm. You know, initially it was, you know, late in 2019, Salesforce Mobile was also going through replatforming. Um, so we, we absorbed that and that gave us, you know, that, that chassis to be able to develop on. And then I would say in 20, pretty much the first half of 2020, we spent you know, working on that app, enhancing that app, adding even more analytics, making things super simple for the advisor. And look, you know, the pandemic was horrible, but what it did for adoption, I don't know if we would have been able to to replicate it because the explosion in mobile use or through um, tablets, you know, we have we have iPads out in the field. Yeah, I, I've never seen it in my career, just as far as the, the adoption and the usage. And that, that, by the way, that has remained consistent. Right. So and continue to rise. So it's not only now that everybody's back in the office and, you know, more normal life, they're still using the tools because they got so used to using them before, right? So they, they've come to depend on them mm-hmm. versus I'm not sure if that would have happened as fast or organically 
uh, in a normal course. Yeah, I mean, the pandemic accelerated so much, you know, digital transformation across some, how we work, how we live, so many different areas. So it made me look good. <laughs> made me look good. No doubt about that. Well, that's good to hear. Amanda, I want to bring you into the conversation and tell me what you do at RBC, a little bit about your role and how you're taking part in the in this transformation as well. Sure. Yep. I'm Amanda Dolan. I'm the head of advisor recruiting at RBC. So what my team is responsible for is working with our field leadership and attracting and recruiting and onboarding um, top talent in the industry over to RBC. So we work um, with external recruiters to source candidates that would be good for RBC all the way through showcasing, you know, what we can offer here at RBC from our technology platforms to our people, to our products, Mm -hmm. and then responsible for actually onboarding those clients um, and assets over to RBC. You know, it's so interesting because I think when you're talking about recruiting advisors, mm-hmm. when we talked a little bit before this interview, you mentioned how much the technology platform, how good that is, how it's going to impact their day-to-day was a big recruiting tool. I, I, and I really wouldn't have thought of that before. Tell me a little bit more about inside the organization with what you're trying to build, how you see that impacting the kind of talent that you can bring in. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we use it from end to end, A to Z in the recruiting process. So it's transformed. I mean, when I joined the group, we were still using paper files and Excel spreadsheets for Mm -hmm. transparency and reporting and tracking. Um, So it's actually changed just how we manage that piece. So the Being able to, at any given time, um, go into Salesforce and see what our pipeline looks like, you know, what what markets are are hot right now, um, where we should be focusing our time and be able to report that up to our CEO and president and, and work with them has been a game changer for us. But then also just the the piece, once we have that relationship with the advisor and we're working on, you know, getting them to say yes and, you know, that RBC is the right fit for them, it's going to be their new home. Uh, We do everything from vetting their book of business, what kind of products they have, and all of that flows through Salesforce. So that really helps our other internal partners prepare for that move. So it's a successful transition, not only for the advisor and their team, but also for those end clients that are moving over to RBC. I mean, I'd love to hear your take on this concept of a digital HQ that that we look at as sort of the new HQ, the new office. It's Slack and Salesforce all integrated together, creating that sort of uh, community and communication. Mm-hmm. Are you utilizing Slack right now as part of this? What how, what does this look like in terms of how you're creating this digital HQ? Sure. Yeah, we, we actually use WebEx teams to communicate, which has been great. And so, you know, a lot of I think at the beginning of the pandemic, we thought we might see a slowdown. Um, you know, how are advisors going to think of moving? They can't meet with their clients in person. We can't have onboarders or transition consultants, you know, boots on the ground in the office with them. How is this going to work? And we pivoted really quickly by using tools like WebEx Teams and, you know, showing them we can do this remotely. We can communicate. Mm-hmm. We can get this done. We can use Salesforce for transparency. We're all looking at the same thing. Um, and it just took a couple of successful, you know, transitions that we could showcase. You know, so-and-so team just moved over. They brought, you know, 85% of their assets over in the first 60 days. You can do this too. Mm -hmm. So we just had to get a couple under our belt and we actually accelerated. We didn't slow down. So Michael, let me, let me also add there. So like one of the things um, that they've done in, in recruiting to really, you know, bring that HQ is experience cloud. Um, and what and what they've developed out there to be able to have that uh, externally facing two-way communication 
once they're further along in the process of, of onboarding. Um, and I, you know, what I've seen from recruiting for that is, is a ton of efficiencies. Um, and, you know, I'll have Amanda tell probably my favorite story of, of the, of the secret coffee shop, um, story, but, uh, the transparency and the efficiencies that's been brought into her work stream are, are tangible and that, you know, she's had the top recruiting years in the history of the firm for the last, you know, three years, but has been able to keep headcount, you know, pretty even, um, mm-hmm. even while still bringing on a ton more advisors with, with a ton of work. So, Amanda, I'll let you talk about what you guys did with Experience Cloud because it's, it's pretty cool. Yes. Greg's favorite story. So we used to, I mean, everything was paper-based. So the story was a complex director, you know, running a specific market for us. When they were meeting with a recruit, it would be in person. They'd go, you know, the infamous coffee shop meet the, you know, everything's very confidential, meet them at the coffee shop and show up with a briefcase with, you know, 350 sheets of paper in it for signatures for them to hand write, you know, all of their products, their book of business mix down and hand back to us. So, you know, that's quite the experience uh, to show up with a briefcase full of paper and it's time consuming and you've got to interpret people's handwriting and things are missing and they have to do it right there. And, you know, there's just a lot of inefficiencies in doing it that way. So we actually brought all of that pre-hire work and product vetting into um, using Experience Cloud into Salesforce. So we launch it through there. It's an email. They can, you know, fill out the pre-hire consent form. They can um, divulge their, you know, their asset mix, their book of business, all of that at their own time, at their own home that comes back to us digitally. There's no, um, you know, trying to figure out if it's a four or a seven or, uh, you know, decipher handwriting. And so it's really changed. It's just, it's easier for everyone. It's more efficient. Um, And we use a lot of digital marketing capabilities as well. So we can continue to drip on them afterwards to remind them the next step of something that they may need to do. Hey, you know, your start date is three weeks out. Um, You know, we need to get your website up and going so we can, you know, be ready to launch that on day one. We still need X, Y, and Z from you. And we can communicate back and forth using that experience cloud method. Yeah, that's such an interesting use case of using the marketing tools as communication to your employees and partners. It makes me think about the use cases that you all were thinking about as you set off on this transformation on the different things that you needed to get done. I'm always curious in an organization, and maybe Greg, you can kick this one off, about how you collaborate together to understand the needs across the organization, whether it's technical or the business requirements, et cetera. I think so many people are going through this process themselves. It would be great to hear about that collaboration and how you define the projects and define success. Yeah, well, look, it's it's, uh, taken off quite a bit especially from where we started. Uh, you know, once we built out that advisor desktop and you had that customer 360 record built, um, you know, the the requirements, I mean, Rohit was modest uh, before when you asked him what keeps him busy. Um, you know, his backlog is, is, pretty, is pretty robust and it keeps coming out, right? Because as we've added more data into the platform, as we've added more integrations into the platform, well, that starts to solve problems for other business units that they didn't necessarily have a platform or a chassis to, to plug into. Um, so we've seen the, the speed to market has been, you know, Rohit does a release every three weeks. You know, I, I think if they had their dreathers, they want him to release every week. Um, but that's just a logistical nightmare. Um, 
And then, you know, we've been able to layer in the additional Salesforce ecoverse to to meet some of those challenges, like, for example, on recruiting, right? Our org is an internally org, right? It's just for, for US Wealth employees. Mm-hmm. Um, her use case is, is not employees yet. She's trying to trying to get them to be employees. And so, you know, that's where Experience Cloud came in. But we already had all that data and that foundation that she'd already built within the platform. And now you're just starting to expose that out, right? And then really trying to work on that UI to make it a super simple experience and and clean for those advisors. And we've, we've replicated that across the business of being able to take the different Salesforce products and leverage all the work we put into that that core platform and that we're still putting into the core platform to really be able to, you know, solve a lot of manual processes within the business, be able to meet the ever-changing regulatory demands that are that are put onto us uh, much quicker and, you know, from a budget perspective, cheaper. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I'd like to, get... to add to that, yeah. right, uh, more, uh, like, you know, especially when you... Uh, also asked about the how do we prioritize, right? Uh, I think once we had that, you know, uh, initial rollout of Salesforce, we have established like a business center of excellence as well, where we basically meet with a lot of our business partners, right? So Amanda, from an advisor recruiting standpoint, we have our supervisory group, we have our marketing partners, we have our risk partners, compliance partners, so all those partners, we come together in a single forum, meet uh, once every two or three weeks, uh, kind of brainstorm on what's really um, important. What, what from a regulatory standpoint, what from just a compliance standpoint, do we need to solve for, right? And especially when we have such platforms and more integrated data, we need to consider that. So that, that was kind of one way of how we started tackling what are the next priorities. The other way, I would say what we established is also our Salesforce Advisory Council, which has, uh, uh, you know, 20 to 25 advisors. And then we have a different council for associates or those that actually use the system, you know, more in and out on a daily basis, right? So getting real back from them, understanding their pain points, where we can help them again, improve efficiencies. I think establishing those councils now has really helped us, uh, you know, uh, focus our time and our priorities towards what will really add value to them. Well, I know that in the past, so many of these conversations, probably from your perspective, was, yes, I hear you. I wish I could do that. (laughs) I wish I could help. But it sounds like releasing every three weeks, you're able to get so much done. Just tell me a little bit more about that, how you're able to move so quickly. Look, I mean, before Salesforce, they they probably expected one release in six months or even a year at times, right? But Salesforce, <laughs> right. when they see the value in, in three weeks, so they're, they're heard and their feedback is addressed in, in a matter of days, right? They are just impressed with how quickly we react, how quickly we can get their feedback out and how quickly we're making a difference. So kind of that that's where, you know, to Greg's point, just our backlog keeps growing because they see, and now uh, every business partner is like, hey, can, can we have the sooner? Like what, you know, what sooner, more soon can, can you really get <laughs> we might have we might have oversold our capabilities uh you know initially and now it's like okay it might take yeah. us two or three releases to to get it to you um it's amazing how people's expectations can can change so rapidly um you know once they see uh the power of the platform that's right watch out what you what you wish for 
ஒர்க்கிங்ஸ்ட்டாங்கிங்ஸ்ட்டாங்கிங்ஸ்ட்டாங்கிங்ஸ்ட்டாங்கிங்ஸ்ட்டாங்கிங்ஸ்ட்ட
Um, but the hero behind the scenes really is, is, is MuleSoft doing that orchestration of all of that data going back and forth into our core systems. Because it's not just going from one place to another and I can just put a, a, a string with the tin cans on each side. It is, it is a multifaceted architecture of having to get that data into the source systems while still providing the yeah. simplicity, the transparency, um, and the ease of, ease of use to the advisor and, and their staff. So it's it's a uh, it's been a fantastic project, and I would say that will probably be the poster child for the most reuse of, of those APIs because um, we did we did yeah. build it very uh, modular with with a bunch of microservices. That you know, if I just want to change an address, if I just want to update an email, okay, I can pull those little components and and layer that into other platforms. Maybe our online portal, or maybe through Salesforce itself. Um, you name it. There's there's another half a dozen that we have to to integrate with to 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 make that functionality sing. Wonderful. Okay, so I want to get to my final question, which is, uh, I would love to hear from each of you advice on folks who may be in a similar position, looking at their systems, looking at a digital transformation, and how they should think about approaching this. And sort of a conceptual point of view, like how do you set yourself up for success when thinking about, you know, building a real digital transformation over time? And maybe Greg, you can kick it off. I'll kick it off. Um, you know, look, it, it's it's uh, it definitely is a common theme, and I know it sounds so basic and so understanding, but we did start with the data. So you know, before we did anything else, um, we needed to get our data right. We we'd actually had had put in uh, Informatica MDM, you know, to, to master our data and had that as a foundation before we rolled out Salesforce, before we put in MuleSoft, before we put in everything else. And what we've seen as benefits as we've actually, you know, gone through our digital transformation is we've been able to, to run versus, you know, traditionally in the past, you know, maybe you get funding and you do a new client portal and all of a sudden you need to get this data attribute, which didn't exist. So the project has to stop down. You got to go build that pipe, you know, bring it in, and then you can finally deliver on that experience. We're, we're able to leapfrog a lot of that. So it doesn't get the glory. It's not fun. But the hard work you put up front into getting that data to be right, mm -hmm. making sure that you have an integration layer like MuleSoft to be able to extend that data, then you get to start having fun. And I think you've, you know, you've heard from, from Amanda about, you know, she's having fun now with some of the tools we're able to produce for her and we're able to do it, you know, very quickly. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that's just a case in point of something we couldn't have dreamed of, you know, three years ago before we started. Mm -hmm. Amanda, your thoughts? Yeah, I'll say it's a lot easier to uh, do a digital transformation when you didn't have anything digital to start with. So we had the, <laughs> we had the uh, enjoyable experience of getting to build it from the ground up. So, I mean, having the support yeah. of, of Greg and Rohit's teams and, you know, I was part of the core team when we rolled out Salesforce initially. So I knew what it could do and I knew the power. So it was, you know, I would say if you are in that position where you're, you get to build it from the ground up, it's not necessarily a transformation, um, you know, dream big. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's what we did. We all got in a room and we, we talked to, you know, our clients. So we talked to recent recruits that had come over. What can we do better? What can we do different? And we just, we broke it down piece by piece. And we started with, you know, A of, you know, how do we get people in the pipeline? How do we, we fix that problem? And we've now gotten all the way to Z um, where we are accelerating the transfer of assets to RBC, which is fantastic. Great. 
And Rohit, what do you think? Yeah, Michael, I would say, I think just, you know, from a Salesforce standpoint, right, we are always looking to see what's on the platform roadmap, right? So what's coming like in the next two or three releases. I think that's really critical for any companies that are in the same position, which either they're mature, you know, start having that kind of doing a lot more with that data or whether they're looking for enhancement. So we are always looking uh, for what, what's on the Salesforce roadmap, what's on the MuleSoft roadmap from an upgrade standpoint, because before we go and customize that, we, we might just then end up in incurring a lot of technical debt, right? So we, are, we are, I highly recommend, like there are even instances that, you know, hey, should we just go customize right away or we know it's coming on the roadmap right and that will allow us for a lot more flexibility than a lot of rework so really recommend a lot of uh, any other companies just just look for the salesforce roadmap wonderful well this has been a great conversation thank you all for joining so much greg thank you thank you michael amanda thank you welcome thank you rohit great to talk to you thank you michael great to be here That was Greg Belzer, head of technology at RBC Wealth Management, Rohit Gupta, director at RBC Wealth Management, and Amanda Dolan, head of advisor recruiting at RBC Wealth Management. To learn more about how Salesforce is powering wealth and asset management innovation, head over to salesforce.com slash wealth management. That's part of our industry-specific solutions that modernize your business, speed up time to value, and boost productivity. Thanks for listening today. Be sure to subscribe to Blazing Trails wherever you get your podcasts. And Blazing Trails is a production of Salesforce Studios, produced by Rachel Levin and Courtney Eltinge, and recorded and mixed by Ryan Kleeman and Michelle Luong. I'm Michael Revo. Thanks for listening.